Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this first episode of Good Orderly Direction, Practical Tools of the Bible. Today, obviously, we're going to cover Genesis 1 and 2. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know Genesis 1 and 2 is the story of creation. And a lot of us have read it or had it read, have had it read to us. And, you know, it was a nice story. But we really didn't stop to think about all of the themes that are woven throughout Genesis 1 and 2. So, if you're not familiar, in Genesis 1 and 2, God created heavens and earth, night and day land and water, sun and stars, the animals in pairs, humans, so they could multiply and become self-sustaining. On the seventh day, he rested and appreciated the beauty and majesty of his work. So that sounds like a great story, but what are the themes? One of the first themes is all wonder and humility. By reading this, it's important for us to kind of look around and recognize all of the things we don't know. There are things at work we may never understand. Consider the awesomeness of the universe. This is one that's always puzzled me. Look up. The earth is just a speck within a galaxy. The galaxy is a container that holds all of the planets. And then you have the multiverse that holds different universes, but then what holds the multiverse? So we tend to think of things being within a container, but where does that container stop? What is holding the universe or the multiverse? Another way to really recognize all of the majesty of nature and the universe is to look at a seed. How small is it? How did it manage to organize from atoms to form a plant? And I know it's sort of cliche to use the mustard seed, but mustard seeds are very, very small little pebble-like seeds, and they grow into this huge plant. And I grow mustards a lot. I love mustards, but it always amazes me year after year. I plant this little seed in the ground, and I think to myself, you know, how in the world is this going to become this big plant? And somewhere in the back of my mind, I almost don't believe it's going to become a big plant like that, even though I've been gardening for 20 years. Um, and when it does, it's always just so amazing to me how those things can organize and suddenly create this, this huge, yummy plant. How humbling is it to look around and notice all of the things we often take for granted. So think today, maybe this week, how does recognizing the mystery of everything in the world, even if you are a super smart scientist, you recognize there are things we still don't know and we still don't understand. Just recently, they dis discovered one of the most well-preserved dinosaur embryos in an egg um, I think it was in China, but I don't remember where it was. But this was a new discovery. We are still making new discoveries. How awesome is it to recognize that as humans, you know, clearly we didn't create everything because we don't even understand how everything works. Think about how two little cells can divide, like breaking apart balls of clay. We've all played with Play-Doh before, and you can make different balls or, you know, 
Maybe you did it with snow, whatever. Eventually with cells though, a master switch is flipped. So initially they're undifferentiated cells or stem cells that they're sometimes called. But eventually a master switch is flipped and some cells know they're going to become lungs and some cells know they're going to become livers or spleens or whatever else. But that is really amazing to me. How do they know when to flip the switch and how do they know what to become? I know there are scientific explanations for this. So if you're a scientist, I know that as we understand DNA sequencing, we start to understand more about this. But how did the DNA get sequenced in the first place? Explore the world through a child's eyes. Ask how and why. Appreciate the world outside of yourself. Life. How does it form? You know, the, the, the mustard seed or the sperm and the egg becoming a human. Electricity. How does that work? And, and yes, again, I know there's lots of scientific explanations, but isn't it fascinating how electricity works and travels through the lines? Or the telephone. How and the old-fashioned telephone where you would, where it was wired, or our new telephones that work on 5G or whatever, you know, signals they work on. But how does it translate? How does it take what one person says in Indiana and make it so a person in Florida can hear and understand it? It's kind of mind-boggling how all that works. Thoughts and memories are another thing, and scientists still don't understand really how we form and maintain thoughts and memories. And, you know, there's some debate about whether some of that programming is actually, or those memories are actually passed on in the genetic material. Uh, so organisms are born with certain knowledge. You know, it's not a lot, but certain knowledge that can help them stay alive. Thinking about this can help us recognize that in this universe, we can't control everything. And it is really hard. And I am one who likes to control most things. You know, I really don't like feeling out of control. But it's important to step back and recognize that that's just a fact of life. There are things in life we cannot control. And there are forces at work that we may not understand that may alter the outcome of something that we didn't expect. So this can help us accept, radically accept life and the world as it is. It doesn't mean we have to sit with it and be unhappy. It means we radically accept, okay, well, this particular situation went this way. If I like it, great, I'll run with it. If I don't like it, what can I do to improve the next moment? Another huge theme in the story of creation is balance. We have to have rest to rebalance and be restored for the next day. Plants photosynthesize during the day when the sun's out and at night they actually send the sugars down to their roots so for storage and they don't um, have it feeding the plant, if you will, throughout the, uh, throughout the dark hours. One of uh, my veterinarians, we had a donkey that was overweight and our veterinarian said you need to let her graze 
in the evening, late in the evening, because the grass actually has a lot less sugar, sugar in it um, late in the evening for that reason. And I thought, how cool is that? That the grass plants even rest. And, you know, maybe we could take a lesson from that. Our body also repairs and rebalances when we sleep. If you are sleep deprived for long enough, your immune system's gonna start shutting down. Your neurotransmitters get out of balance. Your gut microbiome starts getting out of whack. It is really important to maintain your circadian rhythms, to maintain that balance. And your circadian rhythms are another example of that balance. Hard work produces good products. And when we rest and relax, we can step away and appreciate our hard work. So yes, balance. We work hard, but then we also rest hard, <laughs> if you will. All work and relax and no relaxation leads to burnout. We know this. God knew this. And good orderly direction, God tells us, you know, you do need to take some time out and appreciate what you've accomplished. That also helps with motivation. When you see what you've done, how far you've come, you know, it, it helps you feel like you are, are making forward moving progress. Another balanced theme that comes out of the, of the story of creation is that our ecosystems need balance. Plant eaters and meat eaters, if you get rid of one, then the other one will flourish uh, for, a, for a time, but then eventually it will die out. So if you got rid of all the meat eaters, the plant eaters would flourish, but then they would strip all the plants of food and they would overpopulate, then they would start dying of starvation. That's not what we want. So our ecosystem stays in balance. Temperature, we have hot and we have cold. Some plants, for example, a lot of your, your fruit plants need a certain number of chill hours during the winter in order to form their fruit. So they need to have the balance. They need the heat to ripen, but they need the chill hours to initially form. Other things that need balance, sun and rain. Can't have too much of one or the other, or we start seeing plants die and, you know, ripple effects. Dark and light, activity and rest, birth and death. And that's sad to think of, but it's important. We need to maintain balance. If we only had birth and no death, then we would quickly, even more quickly than we are, overpopulate the earth. If we only had death and no birth, then we would quickly go extinct. So we need to have balance. Water and land, different animals, different properties come from both forests and fields support and independence. Now this is one, if you're a parent, think about what your children need. Children need a certain amount of support, but then they also need encouragement to move forward and try to become independent, to try their new skills. If they fail, they've got a safe home base they can come back to, but that gives them the opportunity to grow and develop and differentiate. The nutrients you eat also need to be in balance. If you start taking mega doses of certain vitamins, 
it may actually inhibit your body's ability to access other vitamins or minerals. So everything needs to be in balance. Researchers often will tell you that the best way to get your nutrients is from whole foods because that is already in, those nutrients are already in that perfect balance in that particular plant or, or meat source or whatever. Compassion and logic is another area where we need balance. My husband is very, very logical and I tend to be very, very compassionate. And we balance each other out because I can kind of go off the rails feeding, you know, every cat in the, in the city and, you know, doing things that are compassionate that my heart calls me to do. But the logic part, um, also requires me to recognize that I have other responsibilities and other things to do. So we bring ourselves or we bring each other kind of to a mid-ground. Details in the big picture are the same way. You need the dreamers who can see this big picture, who can envision the future. And then you need the detailed people to help you figure out how do we get there. And structure and spontaneity. Many people really, really despise having too much structure. And that's okay. But you need a certain amount of structure in order to maintain your circadian rhythms, in order to get your basic activities of daily living done, etc. So there's a certain uh, balance that's important when it comes to structure and spontaneity. Think of five other ways that balance or imbalance is evident in your life and what can you do about it if there are five other ways that balance is present in your life how can you maintain that if there's imbalance in your life like maybe you work too much and you don't rest enough or you um, spend too much and you don't save enough whatever it is how can you move more towards balance in that area how does good orderly direction help us create great things and communities? Now, good orderly direction is knowing where we want to go, having a vision of who we want to be, where we want to go, what's important, and making choices that will use our energy to move us in that direction. Good orderly direction is what we're going to talk about in obviously this video, and future videos. How can the teachings of scripture help us become more like the person we want to be? What would happen if the community or even your family set aside one day each week to rest and appreciate what they've created? Where you can look as a group and say, wow, look at what we've done to make this community awesome. Or as a family, where you can appreciate each other's accomplishments and appreciate all the gifts and blessings that you have. Other principles that are in this story. Prudence. Now, prudence is a combination of patience and wisdom. And this is the beginning where... In this story, God is showing prudence. He's showing that everything has a 
time and a place. You know, he created the heavens and earth first. He didn't start by creating water. You know, there's a sequential order to things. And he was patient in, in what he did. And he used wisdom. So we can learn from that. Respect is another thing that we can learn from creation. And God respected the fact that there needed to be balance and meekness. And this is the one that really comes from awe and wonder, recognizing how small we are and how little we actually do have control over in this ginormous universe. It can help us um, in some ways let go or accept that some things are out of our control.